Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago. I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. Hey, so if you're in marriage counseling, you're trying everything to win your marriage back, you're just trying to figure stuff out, and nothing seems to be working, you're doing probably the wrong thing. So that's why I created my five-day challenge for men just like you who are on the cusp of separation or divorce. You're trying to figure stuff out. You don't know what to do. So look, in this five-day challenge, I'm going to help you gain clarity on what you need to be doing. I'm going to help you understand the pain that you're in and what you need to be doing about it, how to fix that. All of this in five days for just five bucks. That's right. Five-day challenge five bucks. That's it. Get in. Do it now. Don't wait any longer. Get in right now. Do the work. It's easy. Every day you're going to get assignments. Every day you're going to get an action step to take so that you're moving forward and you're going to stop the paralysis that you're in right now where you don't know what to do. You're stuck. All that other stuff. It comes to an end today. Jump in right now. Five bucks. That's all it costs. Jump in today. Let's see on the other side. All right. All right. All right. I've got my special, special homie guest, Mr. Todd Herman with me today. I'm Empowered AF 2.0, as we said, Empowered AF 2.0 is really about you evolving as a man, not just in the context of separation of divorce, but in all things. And I found this book, Alter Ego, several years ago when I was in another mastermind program. And everybody's like, you got to read this book. You got to read this book. I went to Barnes & Noble or Amazon. I don't even remember where I got it. Yellow book. And it's staring at me, Alter Ego Effect. And I start picking up and I start going through the pages and I'm like, Holy shit. This is what I'm fucking talking about because I'm a guy who's like master, you know, like a mindset and, and all these things, but sometimes that stuff gets so esoteric and, yeah. and Todd Herman has figured out a way to make these, these principles real and tangible. And um, I just so happened to meet him a couple months ago and I was fanboying all over the place. Um, he could probably tell you, I was, I was a nervous pony full of energy and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is the guy um, because I, I just loved his work. And anytime I get to meet somebody like that, it's, it's for me, it's admiration, but it's also mad respect um, to be able to meet and be in the presence of someone who's done great things, something missing in our world. We don't honor people anymore. So I honor you, Todd, and thank you for being here. I'm pumped, man. And uh, yeah, we, we, we definitely level down the whole, like, listen, at the end of the day, yes, I've done some, maybe some good things, but yeah. um, I'm a farm and ranch kid from Western Canada, Alberta, and, uh, you know, get to live in New York City now and stuff. But uh, I'm a pretty regular dude that just uh, found my path in life kind of thing. Yeah, you definitely have. And it's been it's been cool to watch. I mean, I've only been, I think, following you like maybe four or five years max. I don't even remember when Alter Ego came out. Was it three, four years ago? Yeah. So, three years ago, yeah. Yeah. So so I barely been able to tap into that. But for, for most people here, they're not going to know who you are. So if you could give us a high level, you know, kind of what you do and then maybe some, you know, name drop a little bit just so they understand context of the yeah. work you've done. Yeah. So um, uh, that's actually one of the secret superpowers of my um, sports company that I started in 97 was um, once I started working with, so I started a peak performance and inner game uh, coaching and training company in 97, grew it to be the largest in the world, um, building out the um, performance programs for the Danish Olympic team. So the African Springboks, Real Madrid, um, you know, worked with, uh, players from the Yankees and, you know, worked with the New York Rangers team and PGA professionals, NFL, NBA, all over the map. 
um, which was some of our secret sauce because I did, I operated across many, many different, um, sports, um, 83 to be exact. Um, and, uh, as I started working with higher and higher caliber athletes and, and we did as an organization, uh, one of the things that my mentor, Harvey Dorfman, who literally wrote the Bible of the industry called coaching the mental game, um, which I picked up by the way, it's really good, man. I mean, uh, when I was just starting out, I knew enough to know that I didn't know enough. And I started consuming as many books as I could around, you know, whether it was psychology or kinesiology or biology or physiology, or, you know, this new growing field in neuroscience, even though it's popular today, it was not popular back in the early nineties. Coaching wasn't even a thing. It wasn't an industry back in the late nineties. Right. So I was like way ahead of um, a curve, which is typically a terrible place to be to start a business because I had to explain to people just what the heck, you know, we did in some ways. Yeah. But, um, through the, uh, through that mentoring with Harvey, what he was telling me, uh, and he's known as the Yoda of baseball. Um, you know, Roger Clemens was coming in to see him, Andy Pettit, like the biggest players of the late nineties and early two thousands at the time. And, um, he had said to me, like my challenge to you, Todd is that, um, you actually don't share who it is that you work with, because when you're working with these, um, athletes, what this trend that I'm starting to see is, um, people want more and more from them media wants more and more from them. Everyone wants something from them. And, um, this rising tide of the internet, which was literally the year 2000 at the time. So he was extremely prophetic, uh, is going to only grab more and more from them. And so if you can be the one person in their world that says, listen, Mark, I'm not going to actually trade on your name. No one's going to know that we work together unless you actually say it, um, in an interview or, or whatever. But, um, because what I need is I need complete trust with that person. And so what, um, I've had so many athletes, um, uh, literally just happened with a PGA professional where we were, uh, we golfed two days together. I was doing some analysis with them and stuff because I still do mentor athletes, even though I sold that uh, sports training company, I still, you know, my, my view is you still have to be on the field to play. If you still want to create, if you're going to be in the world of training, Yep. And you're going to write books, Todd, and you're going to coach others. You can't distance, your, distance yourself to the nuances of the field of play. Like you can't just stand on the sidelines and surmise and create philosophical um, books around what's really going on out there, which is the problem with most of the personal development, self-help and leadership world is these people haven't been working with, they're not practitioners. I, I love being a practitioner. And, um, and so uh, that PGA player that I was um, uh, with and, um, working with, he was like on about middle of day two. He's like, Todd, I gotta say, like, I'm used to by this point, having done eight selfies with the swing coach or the sports psych person or whatever. And, <laughs> and you haven't asked for one thing. You haven't asked for a picture yet. And I'm like, Oh dude, you're never gonna have me to ask for a question. Cause <laughs> a, I could care less to take one with you. Um, and, uh, and B it's this moment. This is what I'm waiting for is this moment. Cause now, you know, that I'm only here for your performance. Yeah. I'm here for you. I'm not here for me. Right. Yeah. You've already paid me the check. I got what I got the thing that I needed in order for me to even show up here today, but no, I'm here for you. 
Yeah. Um, and at that level, I need 100% trust with those people. So long story short about like your, your comment about I'm uh, dropping names. Now, Rafa Nadal, Rafael Nadal, you know, I helped build, build out his alter ego. And that's because his team was vocal about um, the work that I had, had done. And, you know, Kobe Bryant with the Black Mamba, Kobe, right before he passed away, I was actually in California to go and see him because yeah. we were going to bring my alter ego method into his Mamba Academy. But um, he had done... Um, a uh, Instagram story about my book and saying, you know, like this is the actual process of how the Mamba mentality was built. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Todd's work around the block Mamba, um, with me. So I say all that because my background is in performance. My background is in the inner game. Um, and one tool that I found that the best of the best did and used and employed to help them reach consistent levels of peak performance was a persona, an alter ego, a secret identity, a performance identity, whatever words that they wanted to use. And then I started getting really curious about that in the early 2000s saying, wait a second, this is a thing. This isn't just some little accident. This, there's actually now this data that's being revealed amongst my best of the best clients because we track all the data on performance and, and stuff. The best of the best would talk about this. Yeah. And so I built out the method, which then, you know, three years ago, I released the book on it. Um, so, which we'll but, definitely uh, drop the links for in here. Yeah. But I just want to say this because some of you are listening, you're going, wait, 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 what, what does he do? He's a performance coach sports. What does this have to do with divorce? What does this have to do with all these things? Well, I'm going to tell sure. you what, what happened here. So as, as I was talking with Todd, I, I got the idea. I was like, you know, this is something that we kind of teach in thrive. We teach aspects of what, what alter ego is about, but this is the man who wrote the actual book and could actually teach you or tell you the true principles of it and, and why it matters. Um, mm-hmm. not, not just for our program, but if you're facing separation divorce, there is a field of play. There is how you show up. There is this alter ego that you need necess- or that you need in order to show up for your kids, your job, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what we want to kind of go into. So if you're listening to this going, what is, peak performance have to do with me as a man in the midst of separation divorce. It has everything to do with it because if you can understand this concept, not only will you take it into your marriage, but you can take it into your business. You can take it into your family. You can take it all kinds of things. And Todd's got a great story that he'll share about his uh, with, with uh, what he calls his Mr. Rogers ego in a little bit, but this is, this is extremely important. So don't turn this off because you're like, well, this is not normal. Mark, 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 you're normally hitting me across the head with manipulation and boundaries and all this other bullshit. Exactly. But here today, we're here to talk about something that's going to level you up in a whole different way. So tell me more about just, I guess the genesis of the alter ego makes sense in terms of what you found, but, but for, for most guys, they might go, what, what does that mean? Like alter ego, does that mean like I'm supposed to become a different person? And and like, what is the field of play? Help, help me understand that. Well, I mean, why people employ an alter ego is because there is something different that they want to be. There is, and that can be because there is some opportunity um, in front of them to uh, transform. That could be getting a new job or getting um, a raise, or it could be getting promoted, or it could be transitioning, some sort of transition. And what happens internally for most human beings is there is... um, a reconciliation of, of with yourself of, Oh, am I ready for that? Um, can I do this? Um, I've never done this before. And so you, you're wondering if, if you can actually make it happen, um, or you come to the point where your, your current level of behavior and actions and approach to something has, isn't getting you out of some sort of stagnant sort of um, plateau that you might be on. Okay. Well, 
for me, um, out of all the tools that I can give people, the one that repeatedly worked the fastest was helping people change their identity. Mm. Because when you think about your identity, your identity um, has your beliefs and your attitudes, your values, um, your um, behaviors and your actions all stacked on top of it. So we as human beings will always act through whatever we associate ourselves with. And I'll say it again, because it's like a writer downer for people. We as human beings will always act through, act through whatever we associate ourselves with. Mm. So the through part and associate part is the identity sort of thing. So um, for me, because I've worked with for 25 years and 19,100 plus hours of just one-on-one work, not counting the group and the trainings and the, you know, speeches that I've given. Um, I've had to work with some extremely um, big egos, um, extremely challenging personality types that are out there that operate in the world of pro athletics or, you know, um, entrepreneurs or public figures or, you know, Hollywood, et cetera. And so, Uh, My effective way of cracking through that was to build a challenger persona, a challenger personality type to crack through that. And um, it worked and it's very effective for me, but I built that. Now, Mark, you and I are both ambitious when it comes to our business world, right? Like um, I love what I get to do. It's not really even work for me. I love what I get to do. So I'm fortunate that way, but I spend typically in a day over 10 hours doing it. Okay. And um, now because I'm showing up in this challenger personality type for most of that day, um, working with people or building trainings or speaking or doing stuff like this, it'd be very easy for me to start to believe that that's me because I'm flexing the habit of that identity. I'll say it again. I'm flexing the habit of that identity. Well, what we need to understand is that there is no one version of you. Um, A, it's scientifically proven. Um, In fact, the world of psychological study had five core underpinnings, pillars essentially, into their philosophies. Single self theory was one of them. Single self theory was that uh, the world of psychology posited for the longest time, 80 years uh, that the people who had one identity and consistently acted through that identity had the lowest rates of psychological disorder, anxiety and stress, or depression. Now me, I'm on the field to play. Okay. I'm not some person sitting inside of some ivory tower with my little suede patched, um, jacket on, um, coming up with ideas. I'm on the field with people. I'm seeing the reality of, of life. And I know that my NFL player walking off the field and how he is with his family or with friends. If he's successful in both areas, very different human being. Yeah. Right. And we want them to be, (laughs) I don't want, I don't want, yeah. I don't want, um, you know, Aaron Donald walking off of the uh, LA Rams field and going out into society and acting the same way as he does out there. Yeah. Wouldn't be good for anybody. More importantly, his family. So already I knew that there was these at least two worlds of people operated in yeah. a professional world and then a personal world. Okay. Um, 
So now in, 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 in 2008, the world of psychology massively shifted their uh, philosophy and moved towards multiple self theory, which is the um, idea that, you know, human beings who have and see themselves having many sides to themselves actually have the lowest rates of anxiety and stress disorder and depression. Mm. Now that's been further validated with actual science and, and further study. Now I've been living in that world for a long time. So having said that, going back to me flexing the habit of the identity of the challenger personality type. All right. So I leave this office. I leave this interview and then I have my other worlds that I operate in. That's how I think of them. I call them fields of play in my vernacular because I'm a yeah. sports guy. And even in my business training role, that's what I like to do is make people realize, no, you've got different fields of play fields that you step on. I add the of play because it's been my experience in the performance work that I've done that if you don't have an attitude of playfulness with the way that you will show up, you're actually stalling out the opportunity for you to get into zone and flow, uh, zone and uh, uh, the zone and flow state. Okay. So playfulness, that attitude of maybe not taking yourself so seriously actually allows more of you to come out. Yeah. So when I come out of this field of play, I have another one out there that has some people waiting for me on it. They happen to be the most important people waiting on that field of any field to me. And that's my children three little kids. So I think about just, you know, just useful for people right now. Imagine that you've got this other field that you're not going to step on called family. All right. Have you actually thought about who you want to show up on that field? Hmm. If you were to hire someone, couldn't be you to go out and make an impact on that field. It can't be you. You're retired. Okay. You're not allowed to go into that field anymore. But if you could hire someone to go onto that field with your family, who would they be? I wonder, like, I just wonder who you would hire to go out there. So, Immediately, a lot of people would go, well, someone from my family, maybe. And I, I would just say, just stop for a second, because it's not necessarily about the who. I did that as a bit of a red herring for you. Because really, the way to think about it is, no, what traits, qualities, attributes would you most want them to have yeah. to show up on that field? So because I teach this stuff, when I was starting to have kids back in 2013, I was very intentional about who was going to be the person who interacted with my kids, hmm. my first kid anyway. And, um, and then I go to, well, what, what are the traits? Because I got this challenger guy. That guy's been built, works really, really well, very effective. But do I really want my kids to meet the challenger personality guy? The answer is no. Yeah. Because it's going to be very ineffective. It's not going to help me in my performance. So at the start, you had said, you know, I'm sure some of you are wondering why are you bringing on this peak performance guy? Because at the end of the day, the listener, you, you're performing right now and you're getting some sort of results. Yep. And some of you may be very unhappy with the results that you're getting, the experience that you're having um, in the context of this podcast. Anyway, it could be your marriage. All right. So when I think about who I'm inspired by on that uh, field and how I want to show up, if I could hire someone to parent those kids, it would be Mr. Rogers and my dad. So how I then employ that is I go, well, what is it about them? What are the character traits that they have or the way that they show up? And well, it's patience, it's kind, it's loving, it's creative, it's fun, it's imaginative. Wow. Those are six phenomenal qualities that I'd love my kids to experience from me. So then I build out, now that's the alter ego. That's the model in my mind. That's the picture I have in my head for how I want to go and show up for them so that I can bring out the best performance from me. And again, 
performance isn't about being fake because most people are associating performance with sport or entertainment. No, no, no. Performance is something that we're all doing because we're all showing up in some sort of role, in some sort of environment, in some sort of context or field of play, whatever, and you're getting a result. So that's just the easiest thing I say to people. Hey, do you love the results that you're getting in life? And if you're loving the results you're getting in life, that means that the person who's showing up is helping you to get that result. But the challenge is that most people are not enjoying the results that they're getting in life. Great. Well, then that means that the thing that we can control is your performance because I can't control results. You, were, you and I were talking about this before I got on the podcast about outcome and process, right? All right. So then what impacts performance? Well, out of all of the biggest factors that impact performance beyond your skill sets and things like that, your identity is the biggest one. It's who is showing up. Yeah. And most people listening haven't been very intentional about thinking about that person and maybe who they could be inspired by to quote level up in life. Yeah. I, I, I love, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I just uh, drank from, from a fire hose here and some of you guys are probably thinking, Oh my gosh, that was a lot. But if you just take in context, everything that was just said, what comes to me is that, you know, this, in, this idea of intentionality and intentionally yeah knowing the field of play that you're in, because a lot of you guys are successful business owners. A lot of you are successful at work, corporate managers, et cetera. And you're killing it there. You're doing great there, but you come home and you become for lack of better words, a pussy and a bitch. <laughs> and you don't know how to show up as a man. You don't know how to show up as a husband because you've never intentionally thought about that field of play of like, what is a husband supposed to do? And some of you didn't have an example, you know, like you just use the example of your dad being Mr. Rogers. So many men come to us with no idea of what it's like to be a husband. And our society doesn't show them that anyways, right? We have a, we have a society that just has, has basically obliterated what it even means to be masculine. What does it even mean to be a man anymore? What does it even mean? You know, so there's no clearly identified roles anymore. There's all this stuff. And so, yeah, your wife is not wanting that anymore because she's still biologically created as a woman who doesn't want that. They want leadership. They crave you to, to show up in a certain way uh, uh, to make it uh, work, you know, as, as, a, as a couple. There are certain biological things that she is craving from you. And leadership is usually a big part of that. So from, from what you just laid out for us, and just to bring context for you guys, is that what we're talking about is having this idea of a field of play being your home, your work, your kids, all these different areas of your field of play. And with that, it doesn't matter if you're facing separation, divorce, doesn't matter what's happening. That is still a field of play for you. How you show up is everything. And you can't show up the way you showed up at work, the same way you show mm -hmm. up at home. And that is a big difference, a uh, piece of it, if you will. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. Join your host, M. Sizzle, J-Dub, and Mandrew as they sip on some bourbon and spit some truth. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. Okay. All right. We're into our next uh, full segments of Empowered If, the Bourbon Moment. And that's because we decided to bring a special guest with us. So I've got Mandrew and I've got Mr. J-Dub and me, of course. But we also decided to bring along Misty McIntyre. You guys give it up for Misty. Special. You should feel special. No, we feel special that, that you would actually like get on a call with a bunch of us guys and drink bourbon and whatever you're drinking and and do this with us. So so let's start there. What is your drink today? What did what did you bring with you? Oh my gosh, y'all are gonna laugh at me. Um so <laughs> it's purposeful. 
but I have Heineken in my cup. <laughs> but it is, <laughs> I sound like such a dork. It is Heineken double zero. So it's actually alcohol free. You just failed. I know. I, think you off. I know. Oh, but That's worse than my margarita pre-mixed drink on episode <laughs> one. True statement. <laughs> Meanwhile, my chest is burning. Wait. Oh, that's fancy. Can't show that's you the label because we don't give out any free clout on this episode. As far as they know, this <laughs> is empowered AF bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Someday soon we will have our own bourbon brand. <laughs> yeah. I went with Bullet actually today again because that seems to be what I always have here. Andrew, what do you have? Uh, I got Breckenridge. Bourbon. Breckenridge. I don't I know some... about any of these. That's okay. Neither did I. I, don't... I, I usually text Andrew and go, hey, is this a good one? He's like, yeah, try it. I'm like, okay, it's great. It burns my chest. I know no longer have... <laughs> All the hair on my chest is literally because I just drink so much bourbon now. It's not because of testosterone I take. I promise. Um, yeah, I had uh, some Kentucky whiskey bourbon something um, over the weekend. But, you know, they, they, they tend to put, like, tiny bits of ice in it. And so it was probably – I had six of these. By the sixth one is when I was feeling it on the dance floor. And Amy was like, who's that man? There's actually shocking video of me in a group of women in the, mid, like, in the midst of a bunch of girls that were having, like, some sort of bachelorette party or something. And they invited me to dance in the middle of them. But that video will not make it out anywhere because my wife has said it won't go anywhere. So, but just saying there is, there is video of me on six bourbons and what I look like. It's pretty interesting. Um, Howard, Amy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my wife took the video. So everything was kosher. Um, so what, what is your drink of choice, Misty? Is it normally this? Um, it's a toss up between some kind of either margarita or some kind of red Moscato or some kind of really good beer. Stella Artois is my favorite. Stella Artois. Yeah. You said good beer and then Stella Artois? Those don't match. It's good to me. It's good to me. It's good to me. So as you can see, the refined, yes, the refined gentleman is coming out with his, uh, his, his stuff here. So, Stellar Trois, you said Moscato, pink Moscato. Uh, those are all very Southern type of type of drinks. You ever venture out into, like, whiskey or anything like that? Nah. I mean, you're right there. I mean, Tennessee, Alabama, it's pretty close. Well, there, there have been some moonshine moments, which is... Moonshine moments! Um, that, that sounds like a whole new segment we could have. Moonshine, moonshine moments with Misty. <laughs> yes! Um, and we should take a montage, a montage of you like throwing our guys under the bus and being like, listen here, you stop being a, a... yeah. <laughs> that would actually kind of be fun. I secretly sometimes have fantasies of being a Facebook troll with like no name or face and just like being that person. But I, I just do it. You know, <laughs> uh, I could, I could, uh, that would not sit well with a lot of people, I imagine. Yeah, I'm that sure. It's not a moonshine moment with misty yeah what is that about that that's when um like banana pudding shine and um they call it sip and shine um but that's when you decide that there's no cutoff and um you want to party all day and all night 
And then you get to the point where you might want to smuggle it into public events. You might or might not. I don't know. Um, and then your husband's like, yeah, you're cut off like forever, um, which is not why this is my drink of choice today. Um, but, um, you know, um, alcohol is supposedly not very good for uh, fertility. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Wait, what a so are, you, are you saying that you're, Pregnant or trying to get? No, we're practicing. We're practicing. We're practicing. That's my favorite thing to do too. <laughs> I like all hey. practice with no actual kids involved. Like making kids. I've made enough children in this world. The world has had enough Santiago <laughs> boys and girls. We're good. So, but I like practice. Practice is good. Wait, so does that mean like it, it's what? what? Is that yep. what you refer? Is that what you're alluding to? That you've gotten the procedure done? I think I think she means they're pre like trying. No, I know she's Ew. trying. I'm referring the procedure, to you. Oh me? Oh Mark? Have I yeah, got the you were saying there's no chance that any more Santiago kids can happen oh, not because no, you've gotten no. the there's, procedure done. No, there's always a chance. Okay. Uh, no, I have not been snipped yet. I don't yeah. I, you have you have yeah. Good guys. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I also have some issues around that area. So it's kind of can make it problematic to get snipped. If that makes sense without going into too much detail. Yeah. Context yeah, it could, clues are important. What's that? Context clues are important. <laughs> yes, yes. Anywho. Uh, man. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so different. Um, she, she brings a, 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 nice, a nice balance to our vibe. It's kind of like adding some like chocolate tones or something, some sort of vanilla hazelnut to our already really dry red wine. You know, it's like adding some sort of tone. I'm the hazelnut. It, you're the hazelnut, yeah. Does that mean you're yeah. toning it down or you're bumping it up? No, it means that you're adding a nice tone to what we normally do. I would say we're kind of boring sometimes. So these guys are probably like, finally, they brought a woman on, somebody who can actually entertain us. These guys talk about dumb shit like manscaping and testosterone and whatever else we talk about. So they're probably excited to be listening to this. I know the podcast you did with me was a pretty popular episode. I, to, to be honest, anytime I have a female on, they're like, oh, good, woman, woman. I want to hear a woman's perspective. Don't want to hear Mark's perspective because he says the same shit over and over again. Anywho, well, back to See, like, what I know. What's that? I said, that's what I feel like on this end. Like, they have uh, already heard so much of me that they're just like, it's her again? What? Nah, I, I don't think our guys could ever get tired of hearing you. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, Misty is actually one of our coaches. I forgot to tell you that. Misty is one of our coaches uh, in the Empowered Man. Uh, why do I call it the Empowered Man AF program? I've barely had any of this. The Empowered Man Thrive program. She's in our program there. Uh, Misty is actually a background as a therapist, marriage and sex therapist. And marriage, family, sex, whatever you want to call it, brings that in, but from a coaching perspective, because she's not practicing as a therapist in our in her role with us, but she built, still does practice. Thanks for joining us on the Bourbon Moment. This is your host, M. Sizzle. I've got Mandrew and I got J. Dub, and we are out. We'll see you next week.
Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group, empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.